Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Head of Dairy Knowledge Transfer, Tom O'Dwyer, documents the challenges that dairy farmers and the industry have overcome in the last 50 years and the sustainability challenge that lies ahead. I think if you look back over the last uh, 50 years, you'll see a number of distinct phases um, and largely, I suppose, shaped by policies and and strategies at at the different times. So if you go back to the 1970s, it was a very exciting period for Irish agriculture, including Irish dairy farming. And you had a a period where there was a great focus on um, productivity and and profitability uh, through the 1970s. We had just joined the EEC and there was loads of opportunities for Irish agriculture at that time. We then went into the um, 1980s um, and some of your older listeners will remember a a period of very high interest rates and also uh, milk quotas were introduced. So, you know, people looking back at the 1980s would probably say the 1980s were largely about survival. Uh, Following that, we entered into the 1990s um, and we had reform of the common agricultural policy. We had the introduction of uh, the first direct payments, uh, the introduction of um, different uh, schemes such as the early retirement scheme, the forestry premium scheme and uh, reps for the first time in 1993. Um, And, you know, from then until now, or, you know, uh, you know, the, the kind of the recent years, I suppose, the focus has been on income protection, you know, um, through, through, through various uh, schemes, uh, largely driven, I suppose, by the uh, European Union. And then, you know, if you were to look now and look, say, for the next decade, what, you know, what is the focus going to be on? Um, and in my view, I think the focus is going to be on sustainability. Um, and I think that's now the new focus for agriculture, not, not just for dairy farming, but for agriculture. Um, and that's not to say that any of the, 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 the previous items that I've mentioned, you know, uh, pro- productivity, profitability, um, income protection, um, uh, and so on, are, are going to be forgotten. They are still going to be important. It's just in my view, I think sustainability is going to be the, the, pr- the priority focus for the next decade. And when we think about sustainability, there's a lot of conversation about um, the environment and the impact of agriculture on the environment. And in particular, in particular, there's a focus on dairy cows. Um, Over the last decade, we've seen a a huge increase in cow numbers, uh, particularly, uh, I suppose, following the abolition of milk quotas in 2015. Um, You know, in terms of, I suppose, with the sustainability hat on, you know, and keeping that in mind, will we see a stagnation in terms of cow numbers? Or would you expect in the next decade that cow numbers will continue to increase? So, um, a, num- a number of, of, of us within Chagask have, uh, I suppose, been discussing this uh, in recent months. Um, and the, the view within Chagask is that uh, the national dairy herd is likely to continue to increase uh, in the coming decade. Uh, we predict a much more modest increase in cow numbers over the next decade of the order of um, about one and a half percent per year. Uh, which would bring uh, cow numbers from where they are currently at about 1.46 million cows uh, would increase the national herd to dairy herd, national dairy herd to uh, 1.65 million dairy cows by the end, or sorry, by 2027. 
Um, so that's a much smaller annual increase than we have experienced in the past decade. Now, you know, when you look back to the past decade, obviously the big, the big um, um, event in the past decade was the removal of EU milk quotas on the 31st of March 2015. And since then, we have seen, you know, big shifts in cow numbers on an annual basis, particularly in the year 2015 and 2016, a uh, little bit lower than in um, more recent years. Um, so the, the growth is likely to increase, or the growth in the national herd is likely to increase. Um, and why is that? Um, it's, it's because dairying is generating a profit. Um, you know, in comparison to the other enterprises, it's, a more, it's, it's more profitable. So, you know, people are deciding uh, to switch enterprises. And those that are milking dairy cows are, are deciding to um, focus more on milk production. Um, so, you know, they're, they're dropping out the other enterprises. And that's, that's a, in my view, that's a, a logical or normal response in, in terms of the economics of the, the different enterprises. Um, that said, you know, the increase in cow numbers, as you've referred to, has raised challenges for agriculture and for dairy farmers in particular, I suppose, in terms of um, emissions, water quality and, and uh, the continued loss of biodiversity. And dairy farmers are going to have to play their part in, in trying to reverse those environmental trends over the coming years. And looking forward then to the next decade and this challenge of sustainability that dairy farmers are going to take on, what practices do you see as key for this? Okay, so there are, look, there's there's a range of practices, um, and I suppose they can be they can be boiled down to about six or seven um, key practices. There's there's others that that will make a difference as well, but if we focus on six or seven, so firstly is continue to improve uh, efficiency and productivity. So you know continue to breed cows to EBI and uh, generate higher EBI animals. Um, that that will help. Okay. Um, but I suppose just a caveat on that is that it, it helps in, 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 in the context um, of maybe cow numbers not increasing. Um, you know, so once cow numbers increase, you know, you have more cows and there's more emissions and there's more pressure on the environment. So the, the e, continue to improve EBI is, 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 the right, is the right move to make. And that's part of um, reducing emissions. Improved grass utilization is the second one. Uh, the more grass we can increase, include in the cow's diet, the less, the less emissions that's borne out by, by research. After that, then we have things like um, increased uh, efficiency of fertilizer use and, and also a reduction in chemical fertilizer nitrogen use. Um, and that's we're, we're going to have to get our heads around that over the next decade. Um, and Chagas, you know, Chagas has research completed, which, if adopted, would allow farmers to reduce their chemical fertilizer nitrogen applications. And that's that's the use of clover through the use of clover. So that's the next item. Then is the incorporation of clover into our uh, grassland swards. Uh, after that, then um, you have um, a focus on biodiversity. So you know, can you increase, say? Um, the amount of biodiversity on your farm because that that will help uh, as well will help the environment and um, uh, the other two big ones then that I should mention are the switch of uh, of nitrogen type from uh, can based products to protected urea so Chagas is strongly recommending that nitrogen should be spread as protected urea and that will reduce 
uh, both greenhouse gas and ammonia emissions. So there's a, a double win there. And the final one then is, is the use of low emission slurry spreading. So that slurry should not be, uh, no longer be applied by splash plate and, and should be applied using low emission slurry uh, spreading technology. Uh, some farmers have adapted, uh, adopted um, some or all of these technologies already. Um, more have a long way to go. Um, and I suppose that the challenge is, is to ensure that more dairy farmers adopt all of those technologies over the coming decades so that the efficiency of production of milk in terms of its greenhouse gas emissions is, is improved. I think you made a great point there, Tom, and particularly in relation to, you know, um, in research environments and also on a lot of commercial farms, we have seen that some and all of these technologies in some instance have been adopted. And I think, you know, we, we this has been showcased across open days on our webinars within Chagas and, and even on this podcast, each of the topics you've mentioned have been discussed. And, and I think this gives a lot of knowledge and confidence um, to other farmers who haven't adopted the technology just yet. Absolutely. We've seen in our, you know, in our, uh, advisory work over the years that w one of the key ways of spread spreading the message so to speak uh, is is to um, have demonstration farmers who who get an intense advisory service um, from our advisors and as a result of that then are ahead of the curve in adopting a technology so whether that's the likes of grassland measurement or uh, EBI or you know the switch to protected urea you know, if, if we can if we can establish those practices on our demonstration farms, so be it the likes of Curtin's farm or be it, um, you know, one of the demonstration farmers that are dotted around the country. Well, then other farmers can see that and can see that. Yeah, that's that's being that's being applied in a you know on a working farm and uh, with all the challenges that go about uh, being on a working farm. Um, that's that's very very important, and it's it's crucial to the ado adoption of technologies um, across the the industry. So, yes, for sure, um, you know, over the next uh, while, Chagas will be um, working to ensure that the the technologies that I've mentioned earlier in in our discussion, Emma Louise, are uh, adopted by by our demonstration farms in the first instance, uh, and then true demonstrations and true as you've said, podcasts and videos and articles and so on about those demonstration farms, that the message can be spread to, to other farmers. And looking then, Tom, to um, the Chagas Dairy Roadmap, and this is reviewed, um, you know, every few years. And I guess the targets that we set for farmers is is readjusted based on current performance and, and what we see within top farms and research environments. Um, a new dairy roadmap is set to be released in um, the coming weeks. What can you tell us about that? OK, so... Um, I suppose what we're setting out in that is that we expect, you know, we, 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 we've committed to paper our expectations in terms of the, the, the direction for the industry over the next uh, seven years. So we anticipate that the size of the national dairy herd will increase um, and that milk output will, will also be higher. Uh, on a per cow basis, there'll be a growth and then nationally uh, combining the increased cow numbers and the increased output per cow. Uh, we anticipate um, that uh, milk production could be um, 9.5 billion litres by 2027. Um, and last year it was just 8 billion litres. So, 
you know, there, we, we anticipate there is going to be continued growth. Uh, we acknowledge the fact that there are challenges uh, and we identify both the research and advisory actions that are required uh, by Chagas and, and by Chagas acting in partnership with other um, um, uh, agencies um, to meet, meet challenges. Um, so, and, and a lot of those challenges are around the likes of the environmental footprint, uh, antimicrobial resistance and the use of antibiotics on farms, uh, animal welfare, um, you know, the adoption of, of the, I call them the bread and butter technologies, you know, better grassland management, better breeding and, and cost control. So we're not, we're not forgetting about, you know, the technologies that we have been uh, working with farmers to adopt over the last 10 years. Uh, it's just that there are new technologies now that we need to uh, incorporate and consider in our dairy systems. So that's, that's what we have in our roadmap. Um, yeah, and as you said, it's, we expect that we'll publish that at the dairy conference uh, uh, on the end, at the end of the month. And talking to, through the dairy conference, Tom, um, you know, in terms of wrapping up, um, the dairy conference is going to take place um, virtually this year, like uh, many other events that can't go ahead in person. Can you give us some insight into the National Dairy Conference, uh, what we can expect from it? So this is the, the 23rd year of the Chagas National Dairy Conference. Um, it, uh, it was it, its first um first event was in 1998 in the Hotel Manila in Clonmel. Um, and uh, this year, because of COVID-19, we, we can't have our typical uh, gathering uh, for farmers. So we've decided to uh, create a virtual uh, Chagas National Dairy Conference for 2020. And uh, what that's going to look like, uh, it's going to be held over two days on Tuesday, the 25th and Wednesday, the 26th of December. Um, it's going to consist of um, uh, two, two parts on each day. So at 10 o'clock on both days, there'll be a, a webinar broadcast uh, with a live panel discussion. Uh, and uh, later that evening at 7 p.m., we're actually going to have uh, the Dairy Edge live. Um, so Emily, Louise, you're involved in the Dairy Conference. So um, you're, you're going to be interviewing some people uh, both evenings. So uh, we're delighted about that. It's uh, a great, I, I, I think it's a fantastic uh, inv uh, fantastic coup for the Dairy Conference organizers to have the Dairy Edge Live as part of this year's event. So uh, details are available on our website, www.chagas.ie. Uh, and we would ask that people um, just register beforehand. So to let us know that they're going to be joining um, one, one of the broadcasts. So it's free. Um, you can join at 10 o'clock on the Tuesday morning, uh, 7 o'clock on the Tuesday evening, 10 o'clock or 10 o'clock on the Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock on the Wednesday evening. You can join one of them or, or, of the broadcasts or you can join all of the broadcasts. Uh, that's entirely up to you. But we do think that, um, you know, there will be plenty of um, late, latest research and best advice shared. And there'll be opportunities for you as listeners to um, ask your questions of uh, the various experts who are participating. 
and and as you say, Tom, the Dairy Edge is getting involved and we're going live. Um, you know, we, we will have two farmers um, a, across the two nights. Um, John McNamara on night one on the Tuesday with grassland researcher Michael Egan. And on the Wednesday, we'll have uh, dairy farmer Dara Colleen, um with expansion specialist Patrick Going. And I think those two farmers have a great story to tell. And, um, you know, highly productive farms um, getting a lot of value from grazed grass and, you know, very profitable systems, as well as farming in, in line with, um, I suppose, the sustainable sustainability measures that we spoke about today. We're really looking forward to it. And as you say, Tom, um, you know, far- farmers can look um, on the Chagas website and there's a lot of links across um, the social media channels in order to register and, you know, can register for one or all of the the um, the sessions that are organised. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Tom O'Dwyer for joining me on this week's show. Tune in next Monday when we hear from Department Vet Michael Horn during Animal Health Awareness Week. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.